Coming up on this week's episode, the mood is low as we look at what Chelsea and Villa need to do to improve. There's more wonders of why I have the quiz this week and Liam has a who am I, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of View from Sunderland Podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you feeling after the weekend? Very low. Yeah, I, I'm a bit deflated after that. I mean, I mean, I thought I thought there was a chance that we might lose, but just just not in that way. No, just not like that. Not like that. But we. Um, we're going to talk about, I think we've both come up with um, some sort of strategy, I assume, of uh, what our clubs need to do to improve. I know it's only three games into the season, but um, I, from my point of view, I think there's still a lot that needs to be done. Um, and I assume it's probably the same for you with Villa as well, Liam. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am wary of taking up this entire episode talking about what we need to do to improve um, it's hard to narrow it down into a short you know 10-15 minute segment but I will do my best okay right. well, well we'll go into I'll go first with Chelsea and um, you know you see if you agree with any of my points um, so we'll just quickly go through obviously what happened at the weekend um, yeah I mean I, th- I think as soon as the, the first goal goes in um it kind of just really like deflated the team. I don't know if you've seen the highlights or whether you saw any of the game itself, but I mean, it's a huge mistake from Mendy. Um, I think he's gone into uh, outfield mode and um, I don't know what he's been, what he was thinking at all. This is the one thing that gripes me about Chelsea is the amount of time that uh, mistakes are made from passing out from the keeper. Mm. I just it, it it just irritates me so much sometimes, and and I think sometimes it goes down to the point where we just don't have a target man mm. up top to to aim for. Um, la- last year it wasn't so bad because we had Lukaku. When he did play, it was kind of who forward for him to bring it down and to look out wide and he didn't that's the whole reason he didn't like playing for Chelsea because that was his job basically but I mean the amount of times that we get caught out of the back because of that it, it's just it's just so irritating and and then for Mendy to do that it was just I mean it's just annoying really and then obviously we conceded another goal about five minutes later from a from a free kick pretty much free header I mean not much they got much the goalkeeper could have done about that and then you know the Again, the last goal comes in. It's just one of those where he just too cool went for broke, really, bought on Pulisic and Ziyech, who both are looking, I think, to leave the club. So not really the players that you want to bring on in a crisis. And, uh, yeah, then, and then Lee scored a third. And then obviously Koulibaly getting sent off was just, you know, the cherry on top of the cake, really. It's just one of those days. I think looking at Chelsea over the last few years, like you say, it's been quite a regular feature. Um, the last few managers you've had have sort of tried to play out from the back with varying degrees of success. But Kepper took a lot of flack yeah. for not being able to use his feet. And now Mendy obviously came in, had a brilliant start, 
was very, very consistent. But towards the end of last year, and certainly now at the start of this year, obviously he's made the mistake against Leeds, but he doesn't seem to be getting the same level of stick that Kepa got. They were, they were very quick to call him out and say that he needs to be... I suppose the price tag. I think the price, I think that was mainly down to the price tag that they paid for him. I think. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think Mendy's a good keeper. I'm, I'm not, not saying that. But it's obvious to me looking at where you need to improve. You played two strikers on Saturday and neither were strikers. <laughs> you played no. Sterling and Havertz up front. Like that to, who, who would you want to bring in now? With oh, yeah, so obviously... Lewandowski, Lukaku and Werner have left you. Who do you think is realistic to bring in? Well, I, th- I think from what I've seen today, I think it looks highly likely that they're, they're going to get a Bamiyang. And I've just seen on Twitter, sort of in the last hour or so, that they're being linked with an AC Milan striker, Portuguese striker called Rafael Liao. Right. Um, so I think that that's. I, I think the main thing is we, we just need a focal point up front. We need someone because we are we are very much a team that gets the ball, puts it out wide. You know, Mount or um, Pulisic. Sterling, they do what they do out wide, you know, take a few players on and put the ball in the box. And I think that's where we lacked. Um, Havertz is not anywhere near good enough to be a, a, a striker on his own. And I think, I think we just, we really do need a goal scorer and we need a proven goal scorer. And I think Aubameyang will give us that. I think he, although he's 33, um, he's kind of a, been there, done that sort of striker. Um, you know he's going to get you goals. Um, so yeah, I, I think a striker is definitely on the cards. And then I, I, they're still chasing this Fafana um, from Leicester as well. And I don't really know what's going on with that because Leicester said they want 80 million, but I don't think they're going to get anywhere near that. No. Um, so it's, it's going to be down to negotiating. I think. From what I've seen online, Chelsea sort of see him around about the sixty million pound mark. Um, and then um, I had to when I went on Twitter yesterday, I had to rub my eyes because it said that Harry Maguire was being linked to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> you know, I, he gets a lot of stick at Man United. You know, I, he hasn't done great since he's joined there, but I don't think it's always his fault. No. You know, it's not always down to him. He's just he's the captain, um, so I think that's where he gets most of the sticks. So you know, but with Maguire, I think I think the price is going to be the, the biggest standing point. But I mean, one centre back and, and one striker by I think it's it's Friday, isn't it? The the transfer yeah. deadline. So I think by then they need to have bought at least one of each. Whether it is Fofana, whether it's Maguire, whether it's Someone else, I don't know. Because um, Thiago Silva, he struggled yesterday. It was the f- first time where I've seen seen him and thought, you know, sort of his age has sort of crept up on him. There was a few moments yesterday where he was getting caught out. Um, mm. It wasn't really like him. Um, so, yeah, so I think one striker, one centre-back, a, a must. I think we're pretty much covered in all, all other bases. Um, especially sort of the wingers. I think we've got enough of them f- f- to last us for a long time. And 
Loftus Cheek has probably been our best player. First three games, probably been our best player. Um, and he started, he started playing, you know, right wing back. So, you know, we, we seem to have got some versatile players, which is good. And Cucurella sort of went after Koulibaly got sent off yesterday. Cucurella kind of filled in at um, left centre back as well. So, yeah, I think I think there's still players that need to leave as well. I think there's there's probably a list as long as my arm that probably don't need to be there anymore. They could probably find somewhere else. Um, you know, you've got no, Ross Barkley playing for the under-21 side at the moment, so I think he'll be definitely be off. Yeah. Um, but it's not like that we need to replace him. We've brought in some young, you know, young players over the summer as well. And it definitely looks like they've signed like four or five youngsters who are quite highly rated. So it definitely seems like they're trying to build something there as well for sort of four or five years down the line. Because um, they signed a, a striker from Inter Milan as well. So, um, well, I yeah. it's quite interesting. Well, I, I don't know whether interesting is the right word, but obviously you've got new owners this summer. Yeah. Two things strike me about your hunt for a striker. First of all, why has Lukaku been allowed to leave so easily without a replacement? It wasn't a secret that he wanted to go, so I don't understand why there wasn't a ready-made replacement yeah, coming. Yeah, no. And secondly, as well, I think... The person who fits the bill would be Tammy Abraham, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there is a... Do you think they've been short-sighted? Obviously, he was sold under Abramovich, but do you think that the sort of powers that be at Chelsea are quite short-sighted in, in terms of transfers? Yeah, I think I think the sort of I think the issue with the Lukaku thing was the I don't think him and Tuchel got on very well. I think it was clear. From Chelsea's point of view, he wasn't happy with the role that he had um, at the club. Like I said it just a minute ago, that he was he was there to sort of win the ball in the air, bring it down, and then offload it out wide. And if he got it back, he got it back in the box. So I don't think he was particularly happy with that. Um, but you're right in what you said. I think that knowing from sort of May June time that he was going or they were going to allow him to go you would have thought that they would have had someone lined up uh, I think you're right I think you know Tammy Abraham would would be a great choice to have I've seen Ivan Tony's name being put in there as well but th- those two are probably very similar players I mean yeah. for Abraham I think there is a buyback clause on him but I don't think he'd particularly want to come back right now because he's he seems to be doing pretty well over in Italy. Um, same with players like Tamori as well. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can never understand why they let him go. And for such little money, I know thirty million is probably a lot of money, but in football terms, for an English centre back, he's regularly playing for England now. Yeah. I think he, he's thriving over in Italy. I mean, I've you know I've seen Hudson Adoy. He was on the bench yesterday. But he's another one that's likely to go and. You know, I hope they don't regret letting him go because I think he does work hard when he plays. You know, he doesn't he doesn't play often, and he has he has sometimes he hasn't played great, but the majority of the time I've seen him play, he works hard. Um, but again, he was he was another one that was always played out of position, right wing back. You know, so yeah. I mean, I think 
I think the key is now, I think, just, just to get a striker in, but they need, I know Aubameyang has played under Tuchel before, so I just think he is the one that's going to fit the most for now. You know, he's 33, he's not long, he's not long term, let's just say that. So, um, and like I said, we've got, they seem to have got a plan in place of signing these youngsters for the future. And we haven't really signed any young players for a long, long time. And obviously, we pinched one of your guys as well. Yeah, um, he's doing really well, hasn't he? He's been starting every game like he said he wanted to. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely not come for the money. He's, he's come for the, the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think, I think think your point is valid. I think, you know, there should have been a, 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 plan, a plan in place. Um, but obviously, when when the whole Lukaku situation was going on, the takeover was still was still yeah. going through. So, it, you know, it's it probably ha- it was already halfway there when Abramovich was there. Not that he probably had a lot of say in in that in that matter. But you know, as we just desperately need a striker, yeah. and I, I would I would have I would, I'm ninety percent sure that Aubameyang is going to gonna gonna sign for Chelsea so hopefully before the week well it have to be before the weekend won't it so I find it a little bit strange as well that you're so I know you've you've obviously spent quite a lot of money and and most players have been sort of defensive but Sterling for me was the big signing for you this this season or this summer but you don't play wingers (laughs) no yeah strange now yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, I think he did start out wide yesterday. I think he, he they did try and play like a five, um, two, three formation, but it just it just wasn't working. So he did end up having to change it. Sterling went up, like you said, as a a two up front with Havertz. But um, he's missed a few chances though, mind you, Sterling. Yeah. Yesterday he he missed one yesterday after about a minute. It just yeah. it just went wide, and then there was one against Tottenham as well that he missed. Um, but he he gives he, when you see him play, you, you can t- he's given hundred percent. So you know, I I have got no I, no sort of arguments with him. It's just Kulabali has to get sent off. It's stupid yeah. foul. Just pulling someone back when he didn't even have the ball right in front of the referee. <laughs> I mean, he was always going to go for that second yellow. So. Um, yeah, so what will be will be, and like I said, I'll be happy with one striker. I'm not fussed about a centre back. I just think we need another centre back because we do have enough in the club. Like Chalaba's there on the bench, um, yeah. but again, I just <clears throat> he last year he did have a mistake in him a few times, so I think they're just cautious of him at the moment. Um, but then I don't want to don't want to completely change the back three, sort of. You know, after three, four games of the season, because it just gets confusing for the people that are playing at the back. So we will, um, we'll wait and see, um, what happens there. So we'll, we'll move over, um, to Villa and, um, sort of talk through the game, obviously at the weekend. Um, were you the early kickoff on Saturday? Was it the early kickoff? No. No. Three o'clock, but we scored very early on, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be one of those where it all clicks. Didn't, didn't We're going to run away. Three <laughs> winners. 
And then within two minutes, it was one all. And um, yeah, my hopes were dashed. It wasn't um, it wasn't our best performance. I think we've uh, gotten into a habit of playing one formation at home with two strikers and another formation away from home with one striker. Watkins yeah. obviously scored. Not got anything against Ollie Watkins. Uh, it's obviously a difficult decision between him and Danny Ings, but I think striker-wise. We've got two good ones. We've got to be realistic. You know, we're not going to sign a 25-goal-a-year man. Um, we just need someone to get as 15. And I think Watkins can do that. And I think Ings is very capable of doing that. We just need to choose between the two of them. And it's quite difficult. Um, we play them together. And, you know, we played OK against Everton. We got a little bit lucky, but we played OK. We could have scored a couple more, I think. But we could have conceded and through the game at the end. But I think it's Gerard's indecision that I'm going to sort of focus on for our areas of, of improvement. He plays two different formations, um, which I've never known a manager do. He has obviously taken the captaincy from Mings, which is entirely up to him. I understand that. Um, you know, Mings, I think, has a bit of a love-hate relationship with Villa fans. I think we all love him as a person, but we know he's got that mistake in him. Uh, but he do, he always seems to bounce back. And, you know, he has games like he has against Everton, where he, he actually won us the game with a couple of tackles right at the end. But then he'll go and cost you a goal or two, you know, set pieces or something like that. He miss, he'll miss a header, misplace the pass or whatever. But I don't, I don't think personally that he should have been removed of the captaincy. I think he's a loud voice on the pitch. You can see everything in front of him. Um, uh, yeah, and it went to John McGinn, and again, nothing against John McGinn. He's he's a good player, but now even half the Villa fans are saying maybe he's not good enough to get us to where we want to go. And it's a we're in a bit of an odd situation at the moment where we're somewhere between sentimentality for the people that got us promoted and and got us a good first year, uh, sorry, good second year. Um, you know when we beat Liverpool and and all that. Um, and Obviously, we do remember those good times, but you, you can't live on sentimentality alone. No, no. And those players don't seem to be at the level that we are apparently aiming for, which is, you know, top eight um, European football. So I think what we're going to need going forward, we definitely need someone else in midfield. I think we need we need Gerald first of all, to stick to a formation. I personally go um, with one up front, two wide players. Uh, either Coutinho or Buendia just behind the striker rather than playing two up front. But in order to do that, he's got rid of all our wingers. I know we were we were about to sign Ismail Assar last night and then it's all fallen through. So maybe he was deciding to do that. I'm not sure exactly what's happened there. I'm sure it'll come out um, yes, soon. I saw, I saw it tweeted last night that he was, that I thought the deal had been agreed and he was on yeah. his way. Oh, wow. So it looks like he's passed the medical and the deal had been agreed. <laughs> he's off somewhere else, I reckon. No, um, apparently Gerard came in and vetoed it. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, right. oh. Um, I think the deal was struck with our transfer director of football or, or whatever, and, and Gerard's come in and said he doesn't fancy the player. Oh. Uh, so I think that's why it's not happened. But that's a, that is the, the formation that I would play. Um we definitely need someone else in midfield. Kamara has been obviously a very good sign in. I think the first few games he's played very well. 
but we need two top-class centre midfielders in front of him. We've got a good attacking midfielder. You know, we 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 all rate Coutinho and Buendia. I think whichever one plays, they're good options. And we also need a centre-back now Carlos has got injured. Um, because essentially the team that played against Palace at the weekend was our team from last year, but mm. that's with Kamara. Would so. would you would you expect a loan to come in for Carlos, or would you think that they would go and spend money again? Because how long is he out for? I'm assuming he's out for a while. It looks like well, Gerard seems confident he's going to play again this season, but with his Achilles. Mm done it's quite it's normally sort of nine months at least so it's going to be touch and go whether he plays again this season <laughs> I can see a loan coming in we were rumoured with Chalabar um, we've been rumoured with Bednarek but that's been a little bit quiet <clears throat> yeah. um, I can see either a cheap deal or a loan coming in um, but one thing that this deal with um, Saar shown us is that we've apparently just got 25 million knocking around yes, so yeah it's definitely but, that uh, it's definitely in in the bank somewhere so uh, i'm yeah. hoping i maybe a loan for a center back but i'm hoping we spend that 25 million on um another center midfielder i think that's where we're lacking we all love ramsey um obviously as a villa boy He's played well. He played really well last year. Young player of the year, players player of the year. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with him being in and around the squad and, and playing. So I think it will probably be whoever plays with him. Okay. Um, but then you're going to have Gerard's made a difficult situation for himself because that means he's going to have to drop the person he's just made as captain. So, yeah. He's he's left himself in a little bit of a pickle. Personally, I don't think we'll sign anybody, and I have a, quite a bad feeling about Gerard's future at the moment. I think, I think it's hard, really, because he was quite consistent last season. Um, but I mean, it just depends, sort of. I don't, I don't, I don't personally. I look at your squad, and I don't think you need anyone else. I don't, I don't think that. And he, he is probably if he's vetoing signings, it probably means that he's quite happy with what he's got. But yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to leave yourself short, sort of. But I mean, I've seen things on Twitter this week saying about Gerard, and he's is he the right man for Villa? I mean, I mean, at the end of the day. It's your chairman at the end of the day who asked to answer those questions, isn't it? And I, yeah. I think last season was, shall we say, an adequate season for him. It was his first season, wasn't it, in charge? So, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing against the guy, but you got to give him some time. You know, he's, he's definitely looking to build something now. And Christ, he brought in, he managed to get Coutinho in for like 16 million. So he's, <laughs> you know, yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, and Coutinho was probably one of your best players sort of at the back end of last season. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, his name alone is has attracted players to your club. So, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd be if I was a Villa fan, I'd, I'd be pretty happy. You know, 
we're three games into the season. I don't think you can look at it in too much. I mean, for God's sake, Man United are beating Liverpool 2-0 right now. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a strange start to the season for everyone. You know, Liverpool are sitting just above relegation with Man United just above them and Chelsea just above them. So, you I know. Think our concern, I think the, the fans' concern at the moment is we kind of see ourselves this year as, as being competition for uh, West Ham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, you know, for the, the, the best of the rest, yeah, I'm yeah. going to call it. Um, we've lost, albeit away from home, but we've lost to Bournemouth and Crystal Palace, who are two teams I think we'd expect normally to at least get a result against, even if it's a draw. Yeah. And we've played quite poorly in those games. And we're looking at Newcastle drawing against Man City. You know, they've played well to start the season. Crystal Palace, again, they've, they've, all right, they've lost a the game, but they've, they've been playing quite consistently well. Leeds have obviously picked up a good win against you guys at the weekend. They've had a couple of good games already this season. We're yet to have that game where we look like we've really found our feet and, you know, we're, we're back into the swing of the season. And I think that's what's worrying us at the moment. It, it may well come. I, it probably will do. I think the other thing that is getting to fans at the moment, and yes, you're going to tell me this is completely unrealistic. I know it is, but they're saying Pochettino's out there. Why don't we throw money at Pochettino? Brendan Rodgers, I think, is in trouble at Leicester. If there's anybody going to get the best out of Coutinho, it's probably the person that brought him into Liverpool. So are we going to look at replacing him when someone comes available and says that they're willing to take on the challenge? You know, Pochettino is obviously ridiculous because he's going to go to a Madrid or, or Barcelona or, you know, a, a massive, massive team. He's not going to want to come to Villa. But I think the point is that there are other people available. There are other options out there. And, you know, is the grass greener? Um, it's probably too early to be talking like that but I think if after 10 games you know we're only talking about a couple of wins in those 10 games and a draw and I'm looking at our run at the minute we're going to have West Ham Arsenal and I can't remember who the third is but we've got a run of three difficult games and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking now we're going to come out of our first six games 1-1 drawn five uh, 1-1 lost five sorry so um, that would be a worry but yeah West Ham haven't won yet, so you're next time. You've got West Ham, Arsenal, and Man City and Leicester are your next four league games. Um, so, I mean, you know, you've got some difficult games coming up. I mean, you've got Bolton tomorrow night in the yeah. EFL I'm, Cup. So That gives us a bit of confidence. If yeah. We, uh, no disrespect to Bolton, but if we can go out there and win 2 or 3-0 or something like that, it might give us confidence going forward. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, you have got a tough, I mean, West Ham at the moment can't even score, so you might, yeah. you know, you might be able to get something past them. So do you think realistically that Aston Villa are looking for sort of a top 10 finish? I think, yeah, it's still got to be the aim at the moment. I think until we get to sort of 10 or 10, 12 games in and then um, then we sort of start seeing where we are. Um, which is basically what we did with Dean Smith last year. I think I can't remember. We were about 13, 14 games into the season, I think. Um, maybe a little bit more. But yeah, I think we're going to get towards Christmas, start assessing the situation. And if we're not looking like getting near to where we want to be, which I think minimum will be top half, 
I think uh, Gerard might be in a little bit of trouble, but he'll have the backing for now. Obviously, the transfer window hasn't even closed yet, and if there's any team at the minute that's been throwing in sort of secret deals without anybody knowing, you know, we bought Danny Ings and it was a surprise to everybody. Kamara was a bit of a surprise to everybody. So, um, yeah, who knows what might happen, but I think he's got, he's definitely got to sign at least one player in, in the remaining few days of the transfer window. Probably two, but he's most importantly, he's got to pick a bloody formation because I'm fed up with my fantasy <laughs> league team having people dropped. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's that's the strategy. So we'll get them sent off um, to the respective clubs now, and um, everything that we've just asked for should be in place by next week. Absolutely. We're going to come back. We're both going to have 5-0 wins. We're going to look like geniuses. I mean, Chelsea play Leicester on, 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 I'm not confident on Saturday. So we will have to wait and see. So that is the end of part one. We'll be back in part two with some Wonders of White quiz. And uh, who am I? Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go straight into the Wonders of White, Liam. So, um, Phil Foden became the youngest player to reach 100 top flight games under Pep Guardiola this weekend. Blimey, and that was me saying two years ago he needs to get loaned out for experience. Oh, wow, ouch. Uh, so, Koulibaly has been sent off six times since 2017, which is the most by any player in the top five leagues wow. in that period. The new Sergio Ramos. Apparently so. I mean, he was sent off five times in four seasons. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth didn't have a shot or a touch inside Arsenal's box in the first half Saturday night. We lost to them, Chris. We lost to them. Well, you know, they, they didn't even... Sh- didn't have a shot or a touch inside the box, so I mean, it says it all, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, Bayern Munich's nine points and plus fourteen goal difference is the best start to any to any Bundesliga ever. Blimey. I mean, they're winning the league. Yeah, I saw Mane. That's a prediction. Um, I'm sure Liverpool fans will be wishing that Mane was playing for them tonight. Um. I also saw PSG won about 7-0 or something. P- they, sc- they scored after like eight seconds. Did you see that? They did. I watched it. I, I was actually watching it. I, was, oh, I wasn't right. up to much. I, I switched it on and, um, yeah, Neymar was absolutely unplayable. And I think he's already in three three or four games. He's already got like six goals and seven assists or something. Yeah, so, yeah Neymar's the same. Neymar's got like six assists and five goals. I mean... It was straight out of a video game, that sort of goal, wasn't it? It's just a pass back to Messi straight over the top. I don't know what the keeper was doing, to be fair. He kind of just flapped at it, didn't he? But I don't know. Never mind. Right. Um, We're going to move on to the quiz. So I couldn't really come up with an idea of what this quiz was going to be. Um, So I've kind of gone with a times that we might have been shocked. Okay. In football, no. I don't. I can't. Like, I can't. Honestly, I couldn't think. Of, I couldn't think of a title for it, and um, 
I was putting in shocks in um, Google and nothing really of anything was coming up. So these are quite handcrafted um, questions. Okay. Uh, and I I reckon you're going to get around about six to eight, I reckon, sort of in that ballpark. Okay. Right. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So, Leicester shot the Premier League by winning the 15-16 Premier League, but what were the odds at the start of the season? Ooh, uh... Were they? I think they were. I'm going to say five thousand to one. Were they five thousand? Yes, they were. They were five thousand to one. I mean, there can't have been many people that went for it, but whoever did go for it, happy days. It, it made the news back at home because obviously, as you know, I'm originally from Leicester. My mum yeah. and dad lived there. Anyone who put any sort of money whatsoever on Leicester to win the title, and I think there was probably about ten people in the end. They were all featured on the news. (laughs) Can you tell who's what? Who who won the money? But they just all had new conservatories built in Leicester. (laughs) I think I think the most someone put on was a tenner. So I think someone did walk away with fifty. Okay. Question two: Can you name me? Three goalkeepers of the six who have scored in the Premier League. Oh, this is the kind of question I love. Right, number one, because he was at Villa when he did it, Peter Schmeichel. He, he was the very first, I believe. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with, um, I think Begovic scored. He did. He was the second most recent goalkeeper to do it. It was for Stoke. Against Southampton. See, I'm a, I'm a keeper. I remember when a goalkeeper scores because it's just, uh, you know, goalkeeper's union. I want to say Paul Robinson scored, but I can't remember whether it was the Premier League or the FA Cup. But I'm going to go with it. Paul Robinson. Yeah, he was the third goalkeeper to do it. Nice. You also had um, Brad Friedel, second. Oh. Tim Howard was fourth, yeah. and most recently was Alisson. Of course, yeah. Um, all about that. No fans, so it didn't really count, did it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we all say that about them winning the league, anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was two out of two. Um, next one. I don't know why I put this one in. Uh, in 2015, Bradford beat Chelsea in the fourth round of the FA Cup, but can you tell me which player scored Bradford's First goal and assisted two others in their four-two win. Oh. Now, I shall give you a clue. Okay. He has played in the Premier League, and he's played for about eight different northern teams. Okay. So I think I, I think he was still playing the other year. In fact, I think we've mentioned him before. <coughs> I want to say it's John Stead. Yes, yes, I was about to say, we have mentioned him before. It is John Stead now. I was working that day, and Chelsea were 2-0 up. It's all right. Um, If if it's a cup upset against Bradford City, we lost the two-legged semi-final of the League Cup. Yeah, remember that. Ouch. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Ouch. 
Okay, well, three out of three. Now, this one is actually a Villa, qu- uh, a, a Villa question. Um, can you name me the player at the time playing for Villa in 2002 who decided to use a Black & Decker on his blood blister, uh, resulting him in missing three matches? Oh, my God. I don't know why he would do this. I have no idea what he was thinking. 2002. 2002, yeah. Um, just... We'd have been pretty... So, uh, been pretty good by then. Well, the, um, the blood blister was actually underneath his nail on his foot, and he drilled through it, the nail, to uh, release the Man. blood, and um, yeah, he ended up missing three, uh, three games. Apparently it could have been a lot worse. I was going to say, if you drill through your foot, surely that's a longer injury. Yeah, but um, I don't, I don't know this one, so I'm, I'm going to guess, and I'm going to go with George Boateng because he played for us around then. Close. It was Darius for sale. <sighs> of course, it was. He was an idiot, wasn't he? Yeah. I've never know. heard that. Never heard that. I don't know why he did. I don't know why you just didn't go and just ask someone, but never mind. Okay, so you're three out of four so far. So question five. Which player scored the infamous beach ball goal against Liverpool? Oh, um, that was Sunderland, wasn't it? Uh, I think it would have been Darren Bent back then. Correct. Yeah, he joined us not long after. Four out of five. Okay, question six. In 1996, what did Sir Alex blame at half-time when his team were, were getting thrashed by Southampton? Oh, it's one of two, isn't it? It's either, because in one game he blamed the shirts and in another game he blamed the fog. Or maybe it was both. No, maybe it was both, because, yeah, they would have worn grey, wouldn't they? I'm going to go with they wore grey. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. It was the kit. Yeah, so he, yeah. he blamed the kit, so then they couldn't see each other. Wasn't it? So, yeah. um, that's five out of six. So you're you're on track. Um, in 2011, what was the score between Manchester United as they beat Arsenal at Old Trafford? Uh, 2011. That's still Fergie, isn't it? He didn't lose to It was Fergie. Oh, it's it's that game, isn't it? It's that game. It's the um, eight-two one. It was infamous. I'd hate to be a Arsenal fan right now. I I watched that with United fans, so um, yeah, I remember that game very well. <laughs> uh, just quickly, Liverpool have just scored. Mo Salah scored in the eighty-second minute. <laughs> the comeback's on. Yeah, <clears> okay. Yeah, same here. Uh, question eight. <laughs> Leroy Rossini holds the record for the shortest time at a club as a manager, but can you tell me how long he lasted? Um, no, I can't, but I'm going to take a... It, I know it's days. I'm going to take a stab in the dark, like nine days or something stupid. He lasted ten minutes. Oh, okay, I'm way off. <laughs> so he was, he was, uh, this was at, um, Torquay, I believe. And, uh, what actually happened is he was given the job and then, um, 
whilst he was actually being given the job, the cover actually been taken over as well. And uh, they actually decided to hire the assistant manager instead as the manager, uh, which resulted in him being fired after 10 minutes. So, yeah. Oh, you would, I mean, I hope he got a good, you know. I, I don't know. For it. I hope he got yeah. a severance package. That's incredible. Uh, so you are six out of eight. Okay, uh, so which board member for Norwich famously took to the pitch at halftime in 2005? Uh, I was going to do an impression, but <laughs> it was Delia, wasn't it? Let's be having you. Yeah, it was uh, Delia Smith. Where um, are you? Where are you? Oh. Yeah, I see uh, Anthony Joshua took some uh, <laughs> yeah. took some uh, pointers from that speech and decided to, to do his own on uh, Saturday night, which is very strange. Okay, so to get eight out of ten, um, you need to get this one right. Okay. So, and and you, you're going to get it right because it's it's an easy one. Uh, so, in 2001, which Tottenham defender shot the club by joining Arsenal? Oh, it's um, Sol Campbell. It was Sol Campbell. Yes. Yeah. No one ah. that divide, do they? There can't be many players that have crossed that since. Uh. I can't think I of any. David Bentley played for both, didn't he? But that was there was a gap. I mean, Gallas, Gallas played for both as well. He played, he, he played, he played for Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham. So yeah, basically any London club, he'll he'll rock up at Leighton Orient in a minute, and yeah, he just loved it around there, didn't he? So yeah, um, right. So that's the quiz. You did 8 out of 10, so it's the higher end of what I thought you'd get, and I hope that you were shocked by some I of the... I was cer- <laughs> certainly shocked by the length of time um, Leroy Rossini was in charge of talking. That is very impressive to be sacked after 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. Cool. So, uh, do you want to um, do the Who Am I? I, I will do who, who Am I. I will let you pick which way you want me to read So you're obviously retired then? No, they're still playing. I'm not going to give you their current. Ah, okay, alright. Yeah, we'll just go normal. Just go from start to finish. So, okay. so That way I can try and grasp his uh, nationality. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm just thinking in my head. Okay, right. Um, Start start to finish then. So I'll I'll tell you he started his professional career in 2009. and he played for Real Madrid. Uh, right. He then, in 2010, moved to Benfica. He then had two loan spells. He went to Bolton Wanderers, and then he went to Valencia on loan. He then joined Valencia permanently, and now he's moved from Valencia to his current team. Oh, blimey. I can give you... Do you want dates of when he, he's moved? Uh, right? um, no, I think I'm all right. I, I, to be quite honest with you, I think I actually know who this is. Okay, what's your the, thought? The Bolton, the Bolton thing's a bit of a. I think the Bolton thing's a giveaway, and the Valencia thing because he must have been at Valencia for about six, seven seasons, I reckon. He was uh, there quite a, a chunk of time. In fact, I can't, uh, I can't I, believe you've done this to me as well. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, okay. You see, this, this might not be making the uh, the cut for the podcast. <laughs> um, I have a slight suspicion that you might have gone with a Spanish player. Yes. Um, that is probably currently at Leeds. 
She is currently in Leeds. And I think he goes by the name of Rodrigo. He does indeed, correct. I, I had three clues lined up for you as well. So clue, clue yeah. number one was um, he'd made the most appearances and scored the most goals for Valencia. Yeah, in his career. yeah. He must have been there for about six, seven seasons. Like, he, yeah, so he joined on loan in 2014 and left in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, he scored 38 goals in 172 games. Well, for Valencia, that's not a lot, is it? No, over both spells. But then even... But then when you even think about it, he hasn't scored that many. He, I know he scored like four goals this season, whatever, but before this season, he, he wasn't prolific for Leeds, was he really? When you think about it, I don't think he actually scored. 17 goals so far for Leeds mm. in 60 games, and he scored 27 goals in 68 for Valencia. So a little bit better there. But um, yeah, he never actually played for Real Madrid. He only played for their B and C teams. So I do remember. I do remember him playing for, for for Bolton. That must have been when they were a lot better. It must have been in the Premier League at that time. Yeah. I, I had no recollection of it whatsoever. That's. I mean, I kind of included it because obviously he scored against you at the weekend, and I just thought that would be funny. Um, but once I saw that he'd been on loan at Bolton, and I had no recollection of it. This is this is my football manager um, knowledge coming in. Because obviously you didn't give me the current club that he was at, so I knew that he'd been recently playing for Valencia, and then I, I do remember him playing for Bolton. So, but mm. that's, it's a bit of a cheeky one though to, to put him in, if I'm honest. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, but you did include Diego Carlos last week, and obviously you know. I was oh, just, it did. Yeah, yeah. That was because he got. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was mourning obviously losing him for the rest of the season. So, payback. Um. So the Man United game is still 2-1. It's the 88th minute, and Ronaldo has just come on. Um, what a way to shore up the defence. Yeah, I mean, he's brought Juan Basaka and Donny van der Beek on as well. So, every, Everyone behind the ball, then. Yeah, what are what the stats saying in the game? I mean, Liverpool have had 70% possession. <laughs> five, five on target. Five on target, yeah. I mean, they've dominated the possession. The total passes as well, they got double what United have got. I mean, this looks like a very good free. Even even to get a draw out of this, for, I know United fans won't want to draw now because obviously they've been winning 2-0, but if you were to go by the stats, you'd probably say a point is probably pretty decent, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, so... Just going off what it is now, 2-1 to Man United. So top four currently Arsenal, Man City, Tottenham and Leeds. And the bottom three, West Ham, Leicester. So we are actually playing the bottom two teams this weekend. Yeah, we are. So, so three points for both. So yeah, so Man United up to 14th currently, just behind Villa. And uh, Liverpool down in 16th after three. I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah. Liverpool. Two draws and a defeat. I mean, it's, you know, you would not have thought that no. sort of last season. So yeah, so yeah, that's the one that's going to injury time now. But um, that is it for this week. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to bring you some good news next week. Well, obviously, if you not if you're listening, you're a West Ham Leicester fan. <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be good news, or it might be good news and bad news again for us. So. Yeah. Anything else, Liam? No, all good. Just bring on three points next week. 
And you got a big EFL Cup game on um, to, 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 it's tomorrow, isn't it? E, uh, yes, I think. It and is. it's the Champions League draw on Friday as well. Yeah. So, not that I'm that excited about that right this minute, but we'll see. But transfer deadline day on Friday is going to be interesting. Um, I think there might be a lot of clubs still doing business. You know, I think it might be quite a heavy one. So yeah, but yeah. Anyway, we will be back next week.